Shannon Waller here, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that I think is really important with regards to you, with regard to your team, and that is the issue of burnout, especially if you're growing and growing fast. I'm someone who is highly motivated and very committed to what I do, and I love growth. There's nothing more fun than to see numbers go up, whichever ones you're tracking, be it revenue, profit, attendance, again, whatever metrics are important to you. But one of the dangers is that a lot of people do not know how to prevent burnout for themselves or for their team. So let's talk about this issue today, because I think it's something that's quite relevant. I know at Strategic Coach, we have a number of strategies that have the impact or the benefit of preventing burnout. And I want you to think about this because I don't know about you, but I want to keep growing. I don't want to stop. I don't want to have people get off the bus just because they're tired. (laughs) That's really not a great strategy. So how do you keep people engaged and at their most creative and most productive and most effective for the long term? That's really what we're going to end up with is a series of solutions here. Before we get to that, though, I want to define what is burnout. So I looked this up before this conversation. And it's really a form of psychological stress termed in the 60s and 70s. And what it really means is that someone exhibits a lack of enthusiasm and motivation, huge feelings of ineffectiveness, real frustration, and even cynicism, which leads to reduced efficacy. In other words, they're just not as effective. And even people can end up being disengaged. Now, I think the whole engagement conversation is much, much bigger, but if you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you don't no longer find meaning in what you do, then you're going to definitely be burnt out. And then there's a companion term that goes along with burnout, which is called brownout. This is kind of when you wear down. Think of it as being sandpaper applied to your skin for a period of time. You're not completely exhausted or fatigued during the hospital, but you're just worn out at some level. Anyway, the solutions we're going to come up with will actually address both of those. So let's look at some of the root causes of burnout. Well, the number one that I know of from working with team members and entrepreneurs for so long is simply a lack of time off. And the reason why true what we call free time or free days are so important is that's when you actually get to disconnect. That's when you get to take a step back from your day-to-day activities at work and get a new perspective and spend time with other people that you care about and do other activities that are also fun and important for you. So a lack of time off is a huge contributor to burnout. Another one is actually a lack of acknowledgement. If you can just think about doing an activity for a long period of time, you're putting your all into it, but there's no positive feedback, there's no positive reinforcement, you could lose a certain amount of momentum. You certainly lose energy for that particular activity. You may be wondering, what difference does this make anyway? So this is why praise can be really important. Another aspect of burnout and brownout is when people don't have a sense of meaning about what they do. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing or they're disconnected from the end result. Like I know a lot of our team works in the backstage. So they work far away from the clients. You know, they may be in accounting or in technology They may not talk to our clients very often, but one of the connections we really strive to make with people as much as possible is the impact that they're having on our clients and on the other team members. We want to make sure that everyone that's quote unquote backstage is really connected to the difference that they're making front stage. And if you think about it, 
even someone in accounting who perhaps is making sure that the invoices are accurate, that they're formatted in an attractive way, that if you're calling for money that's due, that you can do that in a really polite and friendly and cooperative and collaborative manner, that counts. <laughs> so a lot of people are much more front stage than we may think. People really have to know that there's, what they're doing is meaningful on a day-to-day basis or burnout can be a real problem. The other thing that can lead to people feeling that sort of sense of detachment or lack of enthusiasm and motivation is if they're not growing. Boredom is actually a huge danger for some people, especially if they're smart. If they have active minds, they don't want to do the same thing over and 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 over again for years unless they're getting better. If they're growing, if they're getting more skilled, if they're getting more capable, that makes it exciting. If they can see opportunities to really perfect what it is that they do or go into new avenues or new areas that they know that they could get good at, then that's really exciting for people. But if there's a perceived lack of growth or no opportunities, again, that leads to burnout. So what difference does this make? So you've got someone who might be burnt out compared to someone who's not. Well, what impact does that really have? And by the way, this could be you that we're talking about as well. So don't just think about other team members. I can't tell you the number of both team members and entrepreneurs who are burned out from what they're doing for several reasons. One of the main ones being that they haven't taken time off and then working outside of their areas of strength or capability. They're trying to be everything. They're rugged individuals. They don't let anyone else help them. That is one of the main causes of burnout that I see. So in terms of the impact, it really leads to diminishment of a lot of different things. Number one is creativity. If you just think about it, you're tired, you're stressed. Are you going to come up with some brilliant new idea or solution? Probably not. (laughs) And your openness to new ideas, Mm -mm. that's not going to be there either. Communication is a huge consequence of people being in that form of psychological stress because we have an expression here at Strategic Coach, when you get tired, other people get stupid. Have you ever noticed that? (laughs) And it takes too much time to explain. You're like, oh, it's just easier to do it myself. So we tend to really shut down on communication because communication, Dan Sullivan described this really well one day. He said, really effective communication means that you can put yourself in someone else's mindset, in someone else's perspective and see things from their perspective and communicate in such a way that it actually gets across to them. When we're tired, we don't have the energy for that. We can only see things from our point of view. It takes way too much effort to get into someone else's shoes. So we're like, "Eh, I'll just do it myself. So that's part of being the rugged individual. And then health is another huge aspect. The number of stress symptoms are pretty profound. I really do think that there is such a thing as positive stress. A brilliant experiment actually that illustrated this to me and by the way, the term is eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, was from the biodome. So if you remember the biodome experiment that was done a couple decades ago now, they created a biodome and they put people in it. It was a lot of years of preparation to get it right. They really wanted to create an environment that was completely self-sufficient, that required nothing from the outside. Everything actually went relatively well, except if you looked at pictures of the trees, The trees were all misshapen. They couldn't hold themselves up. They were not straight. They were not strong. They went up and then they went down, then they went up again. It didn't look like any tree that you or I would ever recognize. And here was the factor that they forgot, and that was wind. It turns out that wind is essential because it provides that positive stress that allows the structure of the trees, particularly the bark, to grow strong. And I think that's also true for us. So there's positive stress and challenges that help us grow and become stronger. 
that lovely expression that those things that don't kill us make us stronger if we survive them. So there is part of that. But then there's another type of stress that just wears at you, that just wears you down. And that can really have a major physical impact as well as psychological impact. There's actually been a really great study by a brilliant Colby certified consultant. And what he measured was people's aspect of how well suited they were to their role and then their pain levels. And when he was able to help them equalize or coach them to equalize so that they actually were much better suited for the roles that they took on and they made some changes, their pain levels went down. I think that's pretty profound impact of that kind of work. And Colby is a profile that measures how you strive, how you problem solve. And if you problem solve in a way that is not a right fit for what you're doing, that's going to be incredibly stressful for you. You're going to have to work extra hard to produce that result. The last consequence is teamwork. Again, partly because you don't have the mental energy to communicate, but you become that rugged individual. You don't see things from other people's point of view. You're not open to new ideas. You're closed. You're shut down. None of this is good for teamwork. It tends to be incredibly isolating when people are burnt out. They don't want to ask for help. They feel like there's something wrong. This is a very stressful time in people's lives. So now that you've got a very clear picture of the pain of burnout, what do we do about it? How can you prevent this for yourself? How can you prevent this for your team? And I am going to assume that this is going to be a preventive conversation rather than you having to rescue someone or yourself. But there are a couple of key things that you can do that will just make a massive difference. It will really mean that people stay energized, stay excited, stay enthusiastic, stay on their best, most creative innovative game, which is what I want from my other team members. This is a pretty important list of things to think about. So number one is to take those free days that I referred to. So in Strategic Coach, our definition of a free day is 24 hours, midnight to midnight, during which you do absolutely no work. Yes, you heard me correctly. No work. I'm defining it by what it is not. What's powerful is that when you shut off your email, you're not listening to voicemails, you're not even doing industry reading, you're not checking texts from your office, you actually fully disconnect is you get to recharge your batteries. And if your team members also have free days and they get to recharge their batteries, very, very, very important. What's kind of amazing is you come back refreshed, rejuvenated, re-energized, and you come back more creative. One of the things that we coach our clients on in Strategic Coach is to take regular free days and plan them in advance. I plan my free days for the year in January. Well, sometimes even December of the previous year, because I want to know over the course of the year, for how long do I need to sprint? I can do a lot and work really, really hard for a long period of time, as long as I know I get to stop, as long as I know I get to disconnect and I can be incredibly creative and give 100% or more as long as I know that I don't have to do that 52 weeks of the year. And I'm not unique in that. I think human beings are built that way. So when we know we get to stop, we can actually give our all. If we know that we actually have to ration our energy level, we will bank it down 80%, 70%, 60% of output just so we can stay over the long haul. When you build in those breaks of 24 hours midnight to midnight, preferably string a bunch of them together, It's really powerful in terms of what it does for increased and sustained creativity and energy, which is what I want for myself. It's also what I want for you because it makes a huge difference. One of the things that's really great at Coach is we have a culture that really supports free days. So when someone says, oh, I'm going on free days, there's no eye rolling. There's no, oh, am I going to have to do your work? (laughs) 
There are none of those conversations like, oh, great, where are you going? What are you doing? Work hard, play hard is very much kind of the mindset around here. And just to kind of stretch some of your minds about this, as a strategic coach, after three months, every person who works here gets the same amount of free days, which is 40 free days a year. Yes, that is eight weeks. And by the way, 10 of those days are statutory holidays. So we include that in there too. And we don't have such a thing as sick days. We would much rather people take their time off and be well than be sick. By the way, our team is pretty healthy. So I think that that's working, but it gives flexibility. So essentially everyone has six weeks of discretionary time that they can take off. And people feel this incredible sense of, first of all, abundance. It's not a scarce resource. And we kind of really need our team to take them. Our team members who don't or think, oh, that's just something they talk about, they don't really mean it. No, we mean it. Use it or lose it. They can carry over one or two days into the next year. After that, they're gone. But team leaders will sit down with their team to make sure that the team members have scheduled their time off. Now, to me, this is pretty normal since I've been doing this since 1991 and even before that. But however, in talking to other people, I learned it's actually quite rare. (laughs) This is not a common way of operating. However, if you want to attract and keep really great, intelligent, creative, innovative team members, I have to tell you, free days is an easy, easy way to do that. And again, plan them ahead of time. I encourage your team to plan them ahead of time. They will be more productive and energized knowing for how long they have to sprint and then the fact that they get to stop, just as I talked about. Another important strategy for preventing burnout is to really make sure that you acknowledge and celebrate progress. Imagine that your company is growing 5, 10, 15, 20, 26, 30% a year. Well, people need to really feel that this is significant and that's not just an expectation, but something where you stop and go, wow, look at all the progress that we've made. Isn't this exciting? Otherwise, they're going to feel like they're on a hamster wheel. And that's not a fun feeling. At some point, they're going to want to get off. So really stopping, building in celebrations, tracking milestones and having a party. (laughs) I love reading about and looking at Zappos.com's website because pretty much every single week, there's a party going on. They're either doing a whole bunch of teams get together and they do a run for a certain charity or there's a party in the parking lot and all sorts of fun things. may not be your cup of tea, but clearly it's a fun place to work. And the metrics are really clear to everyone. They're posted all the time. Everyone knows how the company is doing and they get to celebrate and acknowledge progress. And they do that for each other on a team member level, not just top down, which I think is really powerful. The other key issue, and this actually, other than free days, might be the heart of the matter, is that when you are working with your grain, according to your natural talents and natural instincts, burnout is almost impossible. If you're basically working with your talents and how you naturally problem solve and strive as per the Colby profile, which is, if you haven't done it yet, kolbe.com and go on into your Colby A index, it's absolutely genius. It will tell you how your mental energy plays out. And if you invest in the profile that talks to you about careers, you can figure out what careers are best fit for you. It's such a powerful instrument, incredibly well validated, that accurately measures not your intelligence and not your personality, but how you problem solve. And since work, last time I checked, is mostly solving problems, it's such a great tool to know how you can fit yourself into your role or how your role can fit with you. And my biggest leverage for this, again, I've been practicing this for 25 years. Not everyone has had the luxury of doing that. But three and a half years ago, I partnered up with a brilliant woman named Nicole 
who is a complete and total compliment to me. She's highly intelligent. Her personality is complementary to mine, and her Colby profile is complementary to mine, too. And it has freed me up to work 100% in my zone, in the groove, if you want to call it that. Everything I love doing, she doesn't, and vice versa. I am more excited and more energetic and more productive, more importantly, than I have ever been in my entire working career. It's been the best three and a half years of my work life to date. And I don't expect that to change, by the way, as long as we're partnered up. So when I get leveraged and freed up from all those things I'm not good at and don't like doing, it just, this incredible buoyancy happens. This expansion happens. What's possible gets bigger as a result of that teamwork. So if you can partner up, do deals, get other people's profiles, say, hey, you love researching, I don't. <laughs> Can we do a deal here? It takes a different approach to work. as We call it unique ability to teamwork. But when you do it, it's phenomenal. It means also, though, that you need to know yourself. You need to know whether or not you get energy from being with people or you get energy by being by yourself. You know, if you have a front-facing, full-on customer service role, but in your heart of hearts, you're really an introvert, you're going to be exhausted. Far more than someone who just gets a ton of energy and joy from being with people talking about anything. That person's going to thrive in that role. For you, it's going to be a much bigger challenge. You need probably to move to something that will actually serve you much better. And frankly, you'll serve that role much better too. So again, it's a matter of really appreciating your strengths, your talents. Stop trying to make yourself somebody or not. It doesn't work. But work with the strengths that you do have. Play that hand well. And you and your success level will just, well, you'll be much happier and your success level will be much, much higher. The other thing to make sure of, especially if you have anything to do with it, if you're in a, any kind of a leadership role, is to make sure that you are always keeping open to how people can grow. And I've learned a lot in entrepreneurial companies that a lot of the growth paths are not hierarchical. It's not about getting to the top of the ladder because there probably isn't one. But what people can do is take their strengths and talents and contribution and expand it. So they can certainly learn new skills or move into new areas, but often it could be what in most organizations will be called a lateral move, or as long as they get to get better at something that they're already good at and love to do, that's going to build on their strengths and their capabilities and their contribution. One of the things I love about Bab Smith, who's co-owner of Strategic Coach and co-founder with Dan, is she is so clear that the growth of our company is based on the growth of our team. So we are always looking for how can we help our team grow? How can we help people invest in new education if that's what they want? Are there new programs that they can learn? The more opportunities that people have to learn, the more capable they become, and then the bigger the contribution that they can make. So just to summarize our action steps, take free days, make sure they're true free days and plan them ahead of time. Always acknowledge and celebrate progress. Work with your natural talent. So please use profiles like the Colby A profile. Also use things like StrengthsFinder or DISC or any of the other ones that you find really useful so that you can educate yourself and help other people learn about themselves, what their natural strengths are, and then play to those strengths. And then finally, make sure that there are growth opportunities for people. And you may be developing on those strengths, or you may find new opportunities in ways that we haven't talked about yet today. But if people are growing, it will also keep them away from that danger of being bored. So I hope this list is useful to you, and I hope it's inspired you to kind of maybe tweak a few things in how you organize your own activities or other people's to make sure that you prevent burnout and keep on your fabulous track of growth. Thank you very much for listening. Any questions or comments, please let us know at questionsastrategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team's success. 
Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.